SEO is AEO. Welcome to the show, Tatemi, Martha, and Robin. That's a funny one. I hope we're not going to have to repeat that. But. No, no, I'll do it again at the end. Oh, okay. uh, lovely to meet you all. Uh, we're here to talk about knowledge graphs and structured data and, so, and unstructured data, even. How do each of you relate to the knowledge graph? Yes, I think my focus is a lot on common sense knowledge graphs. So basically, your knowledge graph is one level, but common sense knowledge graph is taking it to the next level, which means the data, the, the relationship between entities is more fine-grained, while knowledge graph is more coarse-grained. So I'll give you an example. So the schema, when it comes to knowledge graph, the schema is quite simple, but common sense knowledge graphs, it can be very complex. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest common sense knowledge graphs out there is called ConceptNets. So conceptnets.com is a free tool. So what is basically you pull in an entity and it tells you the relationships. Example, you can say skin is a winter sports. You can say the effects of skin is a broken leg. So that means if someone is skin, you're more, you have a tendency to have a broken leg. So common sense knowledge graphs is an emerging field. It's basically knowledge graphs with a bit more common sense. And it's useful for like, um, in, with, for search engines, for dialogue systems. So from our school of thought is basically having knowledge graphs and adding a bit of common sense to knowledge graphs. That's brilliant. Well, I like that. I've never, never heard about this before. Had you heard about that before? No, so... Um, and you're a structured data lady. Oh, sure. So Martha Van Burkle, I'm the CEO <laughs> at Schema App. And um, so we really help people structure data into the common vocabulary called schema.org so that they can inform their knowledge graph. So most people think of it as like an SEO I, tactic or a strategy, whereas I really think of it as like a way to manage your marketing data layer. That mm. if you actually build those relationships properly, you actually are building a knowledge graph. And it happens that our company stores everyone's schema in a knowledge graph, and we're like a semantic technology company um, who understands ontologies and relationships. And um, you know th that piece underlying, I believe, is going to be sort of you know the next motion into search, where again, it's more about understanding how everything's connected how everything is understood by machines, not just search, chatbots, anything, IoT, um, and that you'll need to manage that layer. So that's that's sort of how I'm connected to yeah. knowledge graphs. So I, I employ them and I enable them. Oh, brilliant stuff. Okay, well, I didn't know you had a knowledge graph yourself. But, yeah, uh, well. Yeah, but I, I like the idea of that, that kind of knowledge layer, organizing, getting right. relationships and, and showing them entities and relationships, yeah. showing them to Google, and, and you're, you're into the, the less structured data. So uh, at least our clients often have less structured data, so that's kind of where we started. So doesn't um, everybody I'm, have? Well, yeah, indeed. I think uh, often. So sorry, I'm, I'm Robin. So oh, brilliant! I'm the yeah. CEO and co-founder of uh, Similar.ai, and Similar.ai, uh, we uh, we take unstructured unstructured um, uh, queries that people type into Google and uh, product pages and product catalogs, and often what we see in product pages and catalogs is they're kind of the uh, often the the things that make people people. Right? So uh, functionally, you maybe only need uh, certain ways of covering up your body and keeping warm, which are clothing, but clothes are kind of social containers, right? Mm -hmm. And so this everyday uh, common sense knowledge that is, is around yeah. for, for, um, uh, for, for clothes or the things you, so uh, bags or shoes, the things you wear on your body, but also for um, homeware, the things you buy for your house, right? Again, very, very social kind of containers, not purely functional. Yeah. And they have this, this mix uh, of, of both of those things. Um, and so what we've built is a, um, uh, an AI which understands uh, unstructured images and text 
um, on product pages and product catalogs, and also understands uh, queries and understands the search intent behind queries and matches those together. And unlike a normal search engine where you take a query and it produces products, we take a product catalog and uh, we translate that into uh, labels in or entities in our knowledge graph uh, of, uh, of everyday products. Um, and we use that as a kind of lingua franca to understand which uh, queries or keywords or categories people are typing into Google, uh, which would be relevant for that retailer's products. And then we help them uh, basically launch category pages about those products and keep them up to date. Wow. And it occurs to me one thing. I mean, ontologies is the biggest problem for everybody, isn't it? Actually deciding what the ontologies are. I mean, what, I, what I've understood, and I might be wrong, is Google Images is now, is now showing the, the idea of ontologies. And it's showing up, it's got, I think you've got 1,000 and they're showing up 200, or they've got 5,000 and they're showing up 1,000. But it's the ones they're sure of, and they're now trying to build AI to extend those ontologies programmatically. I think I think of an ontology as the mm. container, right? right? Like yeah. you know, I think more importantly, it's the relationships between things, right? Yeah. So oh, okay. what you're seeing are like more those entities, and what's becoming interesting are the triples, right? Yeah, like triples, and yeah. later, both of us are speaking yeah. about triples, yeah. which is like where you actually start identifying the relationship and like the semantic technology world. It's like it's not new, right? Like it's it's sort of becoming more day-to-day -day conversation in the search world, which is fun and exciting. But yeah. for anyone who's a semantic technologist, like my co-founder, like he'll tell you ontologies have been around you know even theoretically late 90s like early 2000s people started applying them more um, but what's really fun is the agility that comes with it and then I would say like also the innate AI yeah. that you can build over it so you know whether you're looking at an e-com or us who build graphs for everybody the fact that like it's almost like out of the box able to do inferencing yeah, and true. able to do machine learning or AI like that's sort of innate so, in yeah. the, in, so I studied AI and computer science in the early 1990s when it was mostly philosophy, yeah. right? and so I still think of myself as basically a philosopher, and actually um, the, the, uh, the word ontology used to mean uh, the, um, the classification of experience or mm. the study of being, uh, so you had epistemology, the study of knowledge, and yeah. ontology, the study of being, okay. um, and nowadays it's more like uh, a synonym for, uh, for library sciences, yeah. so how do you classify uh, everyday things, yeah. right? Um, and the ways that you express those, uh, those classification structures um, and the way that they overlap and interact, uh, that's the kind of the nature of the, uh, of the ontological languages of, of say, predicates and triples. Yeah. Um, and, and how expressive that is and how useful that is at inference time is very important. What you see, you have these kind of twin branches of, of AI. Originally, AI in the, say, 50s and 1670s was almost only symbolic knowledge representation, what we would think of as ontologies today. Yeah. Okay. And then we had this explosion in the, um, uh, well, uh, originally in, in the 90s of so-called connectionism at the time, which now became uh, what we know as deep learning. Yeah. Um, and that machine learning is basically tr uh, uh, training computers by example rather than uh, giving it step-by-step -step instructions. Yeah. And that uh, machine learning by example deep networks or deep learning networks have been very, very good at, at being almost at the perceptual layer to structure things that are unstructured. And humans do very well at that perceptual layer uh, and learn by example. But at the same time, humans also have this amazing inference capability. And so yeah. deep learning struggles, and lots of people try to, to solve this, but it struggles with, with being able to do inference, to be, uh, being able to work out conclusions. Yeah. And so everyday knowledge um, and, yeah. and knowledge graphs are this very, very powerful uh, uh, kind of counterpoint. And the two together uh, is, is what I think is making yeah. AI uh, very powerful today yeah. as yeah, well. True. I, mean, I mean, sorry, what, what I'm hearing I mean, is pretty difficult to build a knowledge graph. And for me, the common sense knowledge graph 
takes it to another level because that, that idea of human inference is you're going, I'm going skiing, likely to break my leg because yeah. I'm a very bad skier. It's getting easier. So it's getting easier to build knowledge graphs also because you're standing on the shoulders of giants, right? So lots of people have, have built uh, existing knowledge graphs. People tried, there was this amazing AI uh, um, uh, kind of uh, project, but almost like a startup in uh, or, uh, last century, but went on for, for decades called Psych. So CYC, yeah, psych, yeah. right? Yeah, and so it's basically graduate students trying to teach uh, um, uh, an AI common sense knowledge yeah. by writing down rules and expressing yeah. them. Oh. Um, an, an enormous, uh, so enormous uh, rule base, uh, but very, very hard to te teach things like milk is white and milk mm. is wet, yeah. right? And, and these kind of really basic components. Um, but what you're seeing is lots of this is getting published. Mm -hmm. And lots of, not psych per se, but lots of other ontologies are getting published. And because of the nature of ontologies, they're very uh, interchangeable. Yeah, Trying they're very flexible. Yeah. I think, I think the part that's exciting for mm -hmm. me is that, you know, everyone's building knowledge graphs every time they mm -hmm. add a property to a schema.org class yeah. using a standard vocabulary mm -hmm. that's very flexible and has yeah. been defined in order to you know, populate you know, those, those triples and those relationships to build knowledge graphs, right? Yeah. So you know, any SEO who's worth their you know, butter these days is, mm -hmm. is, actually start, is, is actually like doing semantic technology without yeah. knowing it. Yeah. And I, I think that's the exciting part, or, or the fact that you know, Greg Gifford just opened up the show here yeah. saying, you know, like entity management is the future. Yeah. You know, anyone who studied semantics, you know, yeah. was like, what? Like, what just happened to the SEO world? Like, yeah. and so I think for me, that the bigger piece is that you know you can't ignore it if you're an SEO because yeah. you know we all have to become philosophers, and, yeah. and we always say like, you know, the first step to doing schema.org is to be able to ask like, yeah. what is this thing, yeah. right? And that's a really difficult so question. True. I mean, right, 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 right. I start writing schema, and I immediately start asking myself mm. lots of questions yeah. about absolutely what. I'm trying to say, how I'm trying to say it, and even in my page, have I said it in, in an intelligent manner? You're becoming manner, a data architect yeah. without True. even knowing it. Yeah. 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 yeah, and yeah. with common sense knowledge yes. in your, your, your yeah. field, how does structured data yes. function uh, in that? So I think the curiosity, the, um, the interesting fact with common sense knowledge graphs um, is you've got three levels of relationships. Yeah. So you have the common sense of objects, which means you're looking at it like a bike has two wheels. That's the internal properties of an object. Then the next one is common sense of objects, looking at the object to object relations. Example, a car is faster than a bike. Okay. Yeah. And the last level is common sense of sequences, so looking at the activities, riding a bike, cleaning a bike, parking a bike. So those are the three levels of common sense relations. So when you're looking at it from an ontology perspective, you're looking at example from the second here when you say it's the object to object relations. Okay. So comparing one thing to the other. Ontology, you can say a car is more expensive than a bike. Yep. So the relationship could be from, I did a bit of research and I came, I, I came to, uh, to about four types of, types of relationships. You have frequency, you have flow, you have resistance and you have distance. They're all from graph theory. So example, for frequency, you can say something is always, let's example, your laptop is always close to your phone. You can say, example, the, the, the phone and the laptops both run, they have the same OS, so that's frequency. Mm -hmm. You can have distance, you can say a bike is greener than a car. So from when it comes to an eco-friendly way, there's a distance between a car oh. and a bike, but there's a common sense relations between a car and a bike. You can have resistance, example, dogs hate fleas. 
So when it when, so so basically it's it's a resistance, but there's a common sense relation between dogs and fleas. Yeah. So if you're a dog owner, you probably probably want to avoid an area that has a lot of fleas. So basically, so a lot of people are trying to build applications, search engines, dialogue systems to embed these form of knowledge. So the relationship between entities from a common sense perspective is more fine-grained, is more distilled than standard knowledge. Well, well then the question, yeah. for me that begs the question, can you take a knowledge graph and then integrate the common sense elements into that or is yeah. it two separate No, so, so it's basically having a knowledge it, graph. Yeah, sorry. Should we, no, should no, we, no, should we, go, should we help, yeah, help yeah, understand yeah, like... Help, help me understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you, do you, want, do you want me to go for it? Like, yeah, go for it. So, so the beautiful part about ontologies, so let's go back to like the previous world that mm. any like data person worked in, which was like SQL databases, right? Yeah. Where mm. anyone who worked in enterprise had to like define the schema, like the actual definition yeah. of okay. the database, right? So yeah. like what's column one, what's column two, yeah. right? And then you get IT to implement it. Yeah. And then like 15 days after you launch, you realize like you need another column and you have to go through like six months of like waiting yeah. for IT yeah. to like, so the difference with ontologies yeah. is, is again these relationships mm. based, right? Mm. So it's it's about sort of defining the relationships between them. Yeah. So if indeed data mm. means defining the relationships between mm. object to object, yeah. and I've already defined the object in yeah. my ontology, like mm. I know what a bike is, yeah. Yeah. then all he has to do is build that new triple. Yeah and it expands, right? Yeah. So the beauty around, or I think like why enterprises who understand semantics and ontologies mm -hmm. are so excited about it is that the agility it provides. Right. Now it's, it's no joke then that like, you know, Amazon, today I saw like eBay's hiring semantic mm -hmm. technologists, mm -hmm. um, Google, you know, are working in this world of like mm -hmm. very dynamic data relationships and that's why, right? Is that a good definition? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think it's a, there's, there's one uh, bit that I think is very powerful in that mm -hmm. a lot of people uh, so databases are very good, uh, so in, in logic you call it first order logic, yeah. so databases are very good at stating uh, I don't know, which things are true or false or which things are red or blue or where things are, are kind of... Uh, zero uh, one. Zero right. one, right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, databases are not um, very good at expressing opinions. Mm. Uh, databases are not okay. very good at expressing that somebody says that or that mm. this other database uh, says this but I don't. Right, okay. and so um, and databases are mostly uh, traditionally hidden behind uh, uh, a firewall or uh, in a, a DMZ of a company or something, and they're not out on the internet, mm -hmm. right, for various good reasons. But uh, what we're actually doing here is we're publishing uh, data about things, and, and uh, URI is effectively saying. Um, uh, some source says that something is is true or might be true or might not be true yeah. or other things, right? And that uh, ability means you get a lot more nuance, a lot more expressiveness. But it also means that you can use uh, uh, that statement in your uh, ontology natively, right? So, okay. so um, like, yep. yeah. <laughs> yep. so a, a database <laughs> cannot easily integrate with another database, and to do that was its enormous consulting pro yeah. project. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, ontologies are a little bit. Um, a little bit more flexible. Uh, yeah. They're like, a lot more flexible, but yeah. they're, they're sometimes harder to set up initially because that flexibility is built in. That's so right. if you just want to say really, really simple things and you don't want the nuance like he's saying or she's saying or that side's saying or they, they might disagree and there might be all these other things, but mostly people on the web do because what people are doing on the web is is publishing and when you're yeah. publishing mm -hmm. things you're publishing thoughts or statements about about yeah. the world oh, wow. right yeah. and so ontologies are a way of and these uh, statements are a way of, of publishing uh, opinions about the world which natively uh, are interoperable with all the other opinions about the world 
mm-hmm. right? And, and so that means it's a little bit harder at the start, yeah. but what it gives you is this amazing benefit is that you can piggyback uh, to, to uh, infinity and beyond, True. right? Oh. It's, uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a Toy Story, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, to, to come back to the idea of entities, I mean, some, something attracted me along, along, along that line is the idea, you know what a bike is in your common sense. Yeah. You know what a bike is. And the bike is, is something that is universal, i.e. a bike that's is right. a bike. So these knowledge graphs can relatively easily communicate with each other once they've got the entities and the ontologies right. That's right. But nobody yeah. agrees about the ontologies. Sorry, I'm still a bit stuck on that one. I mean... I well, don't get the impression so there's, that there's, uh, ontologies aren't universal. Everyone seems to have their own set, or am I wrong? Um, uh, think of it more of like, I think the vocabularies are trying yeah, to standardize yeah. more, right? Yeah. Because, you know, the whole driver behind schema.org, which, mm. like, the vocabulary has been around since 2011, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it's not new. Like, the search engines have basically said, like, please <laughs> use this vocabulary because we all understand it. Mm. And goodness me, like, everyone's job is going to be easier if we mm. actually can agree on a vocabulary. Mm. I think, you know, what's, you know, across ontologies, like, you use different vocabularies and you, yeah. you know, depending on, you know, what you're trying to do, mm. like, it'll serve you in different ways. Now, there's a lot of common vocabularies out there and lots of ways that you can leverage those standards. Mm. And, and most people do because then that matching up becomes much easier. Okay. Totally good. And, and, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. There's, so there's lots of, um, there are lots of other applications of, so people, when we talk about ontologies and the, the semantic web um, and um, semantics, then uh, there's, uh, especially uh, when we're talking with SEOs, then there's an implicit understanding we're talking about how to publish um, uh, structured semantic data, data yeah. to the web. Um, but um, there are lots of ways of using ontologies. That's right. Um, and they're increasingly, those are kind of new paradigms of uh, what people call search uh, today, so on-site search or mm-hmm. search engines today. Previously, that was Chat matching like chatbots as well, right? So, so a lot of the problems with you have with, uh, the people have with search is that uh, when they, uh, search is a conversation, when they have a conversation with their search engine, uh, they, they end up struggling because their search engine is not fluent in the language that they're speaking. No. And it's less a language, it's like, so it's actually the vocabulary, it's the concepts that underlie that, right? And so for a search engine, be it on-site search or be it um, many other kind of uh, uh, big uh, uh, search engines that we would all know, then the mostly what they're doing is, is uh, or what they were doing five years ago, and mostly what many are doing today, is they're matching up contiguous uh, uh, strings of, of text characters. Um, and uh, when you have lots of text that's uh, the same, it's the same thing, right? But it's not the same thing, right? Because these things don't understand things at all, right? So an example would be you go to a fashion retailer and you type in um, uh, T-shirt bras, uh, so a kind of bra. Maybe you won't be familiar with this one, Jason. No, I'm not. Are you? So unfortunately, I, uh, well, fortunately, I'm pretty much now an expert on, on, on clothing. On t-shirt brands. Uh, so I'm an ontologist. Oh yeah, of course, because you right. work in e-commerce. Exactly. <laughs> Excuse right. me, so I'm very so slow. It's less, it's less I'm an expert on t-shirt brands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this joke will come up many times after. But then it's more that, uh, so I'm, I'm an ontologist and the way that I look at the world, be it the world of clothing, mm. uh, which has, uh, much like you were saying, many fine-grained classifications, yeah, yeah. right? Um, uh, that are super important to the people uh, in those, um, um, within the, those categories and, and within those domains. And so for people looking for t-shirt bras, they don't want to see t-shirts. 
right? But for search engines, those are the same things because they, they there's they like the six, same, ca seven yeah. characters o overlap. It, oh, it's, it's a big similarity. But if you use uh, semantic technology, yeah. then you understand when people are looking for t-shirt bras, it would probably be okay to show them other kinds of bras, okay. as an example. Okay. Much better than showing them other kind of t-shirts. Because there's right? a very close relationship yeah. between the yeah. bra it's, and the t-shirt. Because you understand it's, it's a, a, a child of yeah. that parent category, right? Yeah. And um, similarly, from the product level, you need to, uh, the system needs to understand these things, yeah. right? And I'm putting kind of quote marks around understand, but it needs to translate them into what they uh, semantically mean and then match up the intent, mm. right, yeah. with the actual meaning. But getting intent is tough, uh, <laughs> especially just from queries. You have yeah. just a tiny bit of text. Yeah. It's not a conversation, right? So it can be very, very hard to, to pass a, a, a string of text into what it actually means. Mm. Uh, but once you've done that, like the hard work is done. Then there's all kinds of yeah. amazing discovery and, and super cool things yeah. you can do with it. So that's what this this kind of revolution is powering. Mm. You do that little bit of work initially, mm. yeah. right, and then suddenly like machines can. It's mm. it's a level playing field. It's right? it's the sort of whole thing that I've always been talking about is like managing your brand mm. for machines. You know, yeah. I think this came up in our webinar mm. a year yeah. and a half mm. ago, which is you know people are still thinking about you know helping manage your brand or your products or everything for search mm -hmm. but the fact is is that that machine understanding is going to be very very broad right yeah. and it's really just how do you provide service to your users by yeah. un truly understanding their intent right yeah. and then matching that with the idea that you can actually understand information in a much mm -hmm. deeper kind of level where you yeah. can start to infer things and that's I think I, that's I, the big change I right? Got, when I was a kid I, I used to write um, uh, uh, programs, uh, yeah. so I, I programming uh, pretty early, and I tried to build machine translation programs, and that was like a fascination for me. Um, and so there's a, a classic machine translation uh, problem uh, that when um, you, so these uh, these guys in the like, like 70s and 80s, they tried to translate this uh, this phrase into Russian and back, and the phrase was um, uh, the uh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right, and it got translated into Russian, and they translated it back, yeah. and it came back as um, uh, the the vodka is okay, but the steak is terrible. <laughs> right, and so and so the reason for that is they were translating words, right? Yeah. But they weren't, mm. they had no understanding of concepts, concepts, concepts this, and this everyday knowledge, right? Very, so very I think of what similar uh, uh, similar AI does. I think of that as translating from how retailers talk about their products mm -hmm. to how users search for those yeah, products and think about those products. So true. Right? Yeah, so you need yeah. that from, everyday from, knowledge. From a, from a consulting point of view, I'm yeah. constantly telling my clients, stop describing it from your point of view. Yeah. Get some empathy Absolutely. for your clients. Yeah. And it, so you, what you're doing is translating the idiotic presentation that these, the, these brands are making because right. they're looking at it from that point of view. But a solution that would make it much easier for, for Google and the other machines if we were explaining from the Absolutely. other Correct. Correct. I have another question, sorry, just, just that, 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 that comes on to that with the idea of granularity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the, the, that, the whole thing with, I was talking to Greg Gifford earlier on about local search uh, and the idea that local search and Google Maps is all about entities. So yeah. for him, moving to the entity SEO is incredibly simple. And, and, and in that sphere, they've got uh, questions and answers about businesses. Uh, they've got Google guides saying, do you know this? They're trying to get that granularity. Uh, and in the rest of the web app, how are they going to go about it? I think, it's a, I think it's quite challenging because, like I said, one of the, key, one of the core um, feature of common sense knowledge is it's very contextual. 
Mm. So certain things in certain cultures will be applicable in certain countries. Example, I'm from Africa. If you yeah. sit on the floor to have your lunch or dinner, it's fine. So, so in terms of granularity, I think it will take a while, but I think it needs to be very contextualized where what applies to one country might not really apply to a different country. So, uh, so I think it might be, it will take a while to probably focus in maybe in regions or focusing in, mm. could be like topics, than trying to do something that applies to every country. Yeah. So I think it has to be contextualized. So I think granularity will take a while. I also think WordNet too is also a very good tool. Uh, where, and I think one of the tools I mentioned in my presentation is called WebChild. So WebChild is a common sense knowledge grab for activities. So what he's, what he's done, is he did a PhD, what he's done is just focused on human activities. Because okay. he was like, it's so hard to capture relations in everything. So he was like, so he's focusing on things like riding a bike, I mean, activities related to entities. So I think it has to be broken down to either culture, to either a small niche, or it could be activity-based, or it could be a topic-based. Yeah, but it's achievable, but it needs to be very... It needs to be split out. Very, very yeah. niche, yeah. Very niche. And, and no. the problem I was talking to Dixon Jones about it yesterday, one big problem that we have with Google is it's very uh, America and English language centric. Mm -hmm. uh, but question there, uh, with entities and ontologies, does it not become language agnostic? It should be. Uh, but then, oh, but that, that was somebody very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> it can be, right? It can be. Yeah, but it can be. Uh, but, but I think if, we, you know, if you talk about the nuances, yeah. right? You know, mm -hmm. like some of those pieces aren't going to be as direct. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah, I, I think it'll. It can be like the granularity. Like to me, my my head totally goes mm -hmm. to just like solution architecture, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think. When I think of you know what can we do today, you know frankly like just high level structure is a good starting place, yeah, right? Yep. And and because like Google and Watson and other tools mm -hmm. like already do a lot of entity extraction, yep. like I think there's ways like that granular piece, which is mm -hmm. then like how do you actually do entity extraction definition within. Mm -hmm blobs of text or within like bigger containers and I think of you know like when you're describing like the description but then well the description contains then these entities and so forth like I think there's an there's like all the pieces to the puzzle exist today yeah. I, my question is is like does the user have to get that granular or depending on what um, I use the word like service you're trying to provide or problem you're trying to solve you know I don't think you'll necessarily have to go super deep like it may be okay to so, like so do a container within the level ontologies you have uh, a very natural trade-off between uh, expressiveness mm -hmm. on the one hand, um, inferenceability uh, on the other hand as well, uh, and, and general complexity. So you can make an incredibly nuanced expressive uh, ontology that, that has uh, a, a real richness of ways of comparing things and contrasting things and bringing uh, those and making uh, statements about things. But in many, many, many use cases, it's just simply not necessary. right? Mm -hmm. and, and actually you benefit from, uh, from making it a little bit simpler. Mm -hmm. um, but at some point, uh, you, you want to be able to do that, right? Uh, the question is when and for what, right? Yeah. So it's still, and it's also like, um, we're starting to see AI that is capable of uh, reading in huge amounts of unstructured text and images mm -hmm. and, and outputting structure um, and okay. expressing that in a, in a semantic way uh, so that other people can use that. Uh, there are, you, you talk about kind of the diversity issue within, within um, the semantic web, but there's something similar um, in AI taking unstructured data. There's a lot more unstructured English text on the web yeah. than there is unstructured uh, Swahili uh, text mm -hmm. on the web, as an example, yeah, right? And there might be a lot more uh, English speakers or there might not, right? Um, for some languages, you have a lot of speakers, but it's not currently online, right? Okay. If it's not online, it's very hard yeah. for AI to reach that and, and uh, draw conclusions about that or people.
Okay, right? so, so, so I was I was throwing a, a rotten criticism that, that no, isn't no, no, it's, justified. It's, so, no, it's true, uh, <laughs> but I'm saying it's true across uh, in many areas, right? Diversity of, of language. Yeah. Uh, languages seem to tend towards monocultures as well, right? Yeah. A lot of languages uh, drop out and die and yeah. are lost forever. Uh, so there's a big problem in, in uh, that people are looking at in linguistics. Mm. But then AI that looks at data, if there isn't much data online, it's hard to learn. It's right? harder yeah. to learn, right? Yeah. Um, so there are, there are people working on those. Super cool AI things mm. doing uh, uh, on on how you do cross language learning. But yeah. it's it's like it's a problem that really exists in many areas. It's not yeah. just within oh, okay. the web. Right, I've, I've got another question, because like, uh, everyone quotes Gary Ellis as having said, we hope one day not to need structured data. Um, how far away are we from that? I think kind of a, a lot of people in my class go, I can't be bothered doing <laughs> schema markup because it's difficult, it's boring, and it forces them to think okay. about what they're offering. I have a, actually, I have a good opinion on this. And sorry, and so they're trying to skip it and say, well, I'll just wait until Google Scary. catches up. Yeah, so, so Gary Ellis and I had this conversation in the hall at Stata mm. Search in 2017 after he said that, and I was like, come on, really? He's like, yeah, well, like, I don't know if I'll ever get there, was one of the things he said. However, I think it, when I think of it as... So Google may not need it, ah, good right? However, like if we believe that websites are going to disappear in three years because people are consuming our data through whatever channel we want, right? You know, through my thermostat, I'm getting information. My yeah. fridge is telling me about products, right? My watch is updating me things or I'm asking voice search while I'm driving, you know, there still needs to be a container for that data. Yeah. And I want to make sure that the information that I am now perhaps going to license out to yeah. people because GDPR is now looking at sort of like control points for yeah, like who, who can what? use your data yeah, totally. and who owns yeah. it. Like you're going to have to have structured data mm. that these alt, you know, these other things are going to be able to consume and understand. And so whether, you know, I like to use the word schema markup because it's disambiguated versus structured data because structured data can be many different many, things. Many, many things yeah. But, you know, like we're still going to need a way that we can publish our information mm -hmm. in a way that can be consumed by multiple entities. And so, yeah. so while like Google might be like, hey, we're getting really smart and so forth, yeah. like I, as a, as a publisher or consumer, like I'm still going to want a way to publish my information that is being controlled. So I see it as like a control point from brands. I, I think that's an incredibly important point because, because people are thinking, maybe I can just leave it out. But in fact, you're saying, I want to control my data. Mm -hmm. I want to feed it to the, the entities or the, the engines and the, the, consumers, the machines. Yeah. And, the, uh, and that ties into what Andrea Volpini from Wordlift says. Yeah. Uh, you guys appear to completely agree about it. So yeah. structuring your data to the people who are watching, incredibly important, yeah. whether you think Google needs it or not. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and also, so there's something <laughs> that there's so... It's good we're in agreement on all So I studied AI uh, like 25 years ago, right? And um, yes, I really am that old. And then um, my professors at the time, uh, we were working on machine translation, it didn't work. Um, oh. And they said, look, and uh, I, I said at the time, uh, how, how long do we have to wait until we, uh, till we have machine translation? Is that, that actually works? So as an example, now uh, we have a pretty good translation and uh, transcription. We have things that from scratch take 5,000 hours of spoken English and uh, transcribe it into perfect uh, written English. Okay. The same network takes 5,000 hours of spoken Chinese yeah. and transcribes it into a, a very, very good uh, uh, written Chinese um, to understand something deep about language rather than something deep about uh, I, I don't know, somebody's trained it on the specifics of, of Chinese uh, syntax. Yeah. Um, and uh, that exists today. Uh, the professors at the time, they said, look, um, this is, um, 
this is uh, we won't achieve this in the next decade right but I don't know whether it's going to take it's probably it's going to be within the next century but yeah. not within the next decade mm -hmm. right so people typically overestimate what they're going to achieve in the next year or two and underestimate yeah. what they're going to do in the decade yeah, or the century, yeah, yeah. right? So, uh, and, and there's something similar going on with AI as a whole. So some people actually say, well, like, AI general intelligence is just around the corner, right? Yeah. We are, we are decades away from general intelligence, right? Uh, but it's at a century, right? It's at 11 years, don't know, but it's, it's somewhere yeah. away, right? And so in the meantime, narrow intelligence, which is kind of the domains that you were yeah. talking about, right? So building something specific for for products or building something specific for how do we do uh, um, uh, how do we do markup for for this kind of industry and what is appropriate and useful incredibly important because we are we're shifting to a place where where it isn't just a single consumer of this semantic data That's but right. it's peer to peer yeah. right yeah. and okay. it's going to be the next decade or the next two decades before before everybody understands everything without needing any kind of yeah. structure. And, and you're saying, you're in a niche, and you were saying it needs yeah. to be niched yeah. out because yeah. nobody can do it all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Google. Although, yeah, I mean, um, retail is quite a big niche, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's true, that's true. Yeah. But, but, this, but this actually, like, there's a, a quote I have mm. from Tim Berners-Lee yeah, that yeah. talks, you know, like, this dream of the semantic web yeah. where you're able to crawl and understand mm. content and its relationships mm. to one another and that this will enable, like, mm. our daily lives to be transformed and yeah. the daily tasks we do when machines talk to machines, yeah. i.e. peer-to-peer, which we're, like, also already starting to see, right? Yeah, and, totally. and he said it in 1999 mm. as, like, his dream. So, mm. you know, we're, we're getting into, like, the half, half you know, century to, to, yeah. to get that done. Yeah, that's interesting right? as well. Yeah. I think a lot of us fail to realize mm. that people like uh, Sergey Brin and, 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 and Tim Berners-Lee yeah. as well uh, had this vision Absolutely. 20 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, where I'm, and for me, I'm just waking up there. Bill Slowski mm. was talking about yeah. uh, Sergey Brin having a, a, a mini knowledge graph that he was using. Uh, Sci-fi books. Oh yeah, the technology has been around and being studied in, in, in for decades. And he was going, yeah. "This is this is where it's, it's going." Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Sorry, I think I think the exciting part is there's application for it now, right? Yeah. So yeah. like when my co-founder studied in two, early 2000s, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like it was mostly theoretical, and yeah. and so part of it is like, oh, we have more applications of it outside of mm -hmm. I'll say like big enterprise, like mm -hmm. building sort of you know ontologies or where they're like trying to do semantic first type of thing. Yeah. So I think that the exciting part is you know there's conferences. Where this is becoming vocabulary yeah. that we use True. that yeah. is outside of like mm. perhaps the AI, you know, machine learning or, or semantic various, tech, yeah. and, and even like, library so sciences, library sciences yeah. right, and classification systems. Yeah. True. So very, very Chili, Chili Visa mm. is a, a librarian yes. by, by training, which oh, is brilliant. So he's perfectly placed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, but and this has come about incredibly quickly yeah. from my point of view. I mean. Two I know years you, ago, we weren't talking mm -hmm. so much about well, it. Well, it depends so, on your perspective. Yeah, perspective. Yeah. It's like a 30-year overnight success. Yeah. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so I'm with Robin. So, like, we started in the, like, so in the search world, like, we've been working with semantics and search since... 2013. Okay. So the fact that, you know, like there's now a whole track at the yeah. conference talking yeah. about structured data, like, hallelujah, <laughs> finally clued in I that this is it. important, right? Yeah. So again, like, yeah, I, I see it as, you know, like I'm not a very patient person and like, I was just like, come well, on, we're all like, let's. Oh, so, so I just I was, wasn't I was paying saying, attention. I was saying to Martha <laughs> last night that often you talk about a problem or you talk yeah. about a space because you know that this is right, you know this is going to come so about true. and you're shouting in the desert, desert and everybody's like, I, you know, what's the point, right? Mm -hmm. And then at some point when uh, somebody, when people start to wake up, it's like a, a wave yeah. and everybody's like, 
hmm, weren't you talking about this two years ago? Yeah. Isn't this a good idea? We were, we, then, were literally, like, we were literally pitching this to companies in 2014, okay. and people were staring at me going like this. They're like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, we have no idea. And what's great is like now we circle back and be like, remember that presentation in 2014 where we said you could yeah. be the innovator in this space? Like, guess and what? And I mean, all power to you, I mean, you, you managed to get the company to survive this long. Absolutely. When, you, when, when you're selling Turns out I am a patient person. <laughs> <laughs> Which is absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much. That was great. SEO is AEO. Thank you, Datimi, Martha, and Robin. And we should I do just a quick you. shout out to Aaron Bradley. Happy birthday! Oh, happy birthday, Aaron! Thank you very much. <laughs>